So the godfather of door-to-door sales is a guy by the name of Kenny Brooks. I have showed this guy's door-to-door sales in every training class that I have ever done ever. You might know who he is. He goes by Kenny Brooks, the funny salesman, and he sells like cleaning products. And I mean, he sells personality is what he says. Um, He's a stand-up comedian now. He travels around the world. He's performing with Marlon Wayans. And um, so I... I watch, I watch his videos cause I show them to my guys too. And I say, guys, this is, you know, this is, it's, it's genius what he does. And, um, I sent, I sent his, I sent his people. He's got like, I don't know, a couple few million people fans on social media between, I mean, I think he has like seven, eight, 900,000 people that follow him on Instagram. And so, um, anyway, he goes around the country he does stand-up comedy. He knocks on doors. So I sent him a message because I'm fanboying. And I just, I go, hey, listen, I just started this thing. I'm just, I, I just want to tell you, and I've, I've put your videos on every single training class that I've ever done to start out, you know, a training class. I find you to be amazing. And I said, we're not big. I just started this thing, you know, um, but it would be an honor. You're the goat. If you could come on and I could, you know, and I could interview you and I didn't hear back from him at all. And then about like an hour ago, he sends me his phone number and I just got a chance to talk to him for probably about 10 minutes. And he's on Cam Newton's podcast. He's performing his managers, Timbaland. I mean, he's, he's big time. And he was like, brother, I'll help you out. And so the Kenny Brooks, I, I can't even believe this. The Kenny Brooks has actually agreed um, to come on and just and 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 come on and be you know just shoot the breeze. And this is Kenny Brooks right here. Uh, he's the uh, the funny salesman. Um, blown away, blown away. Uh, he said he had to get back to me. Had to get with his manager. And uh, he actually asked me if he was like, so do I like fly into your studio or how does it work? I'm like, no, we'll just. We'll do it on a video chat. It'll be a lot of fun. And he was like, yeah. He's like, dude, I'll help you out. I was like, you are the goat. You are the goat. So I am so excited about that. Um, so um, I wanted to talk about something that I posted earlier, which was, has anybody ever experienced a literal like lunatic, somebody who is out of their mind just like nuts. And I think we probably all have. Um, This story is the strangest story you could possibly imagine. It starts with a handwritten letter. So I worked for a company and we had a rebate program and the rebate program was for the home performance program with many states. Many of you know what this is. That rebate program, uh, it's it's lush. It's a good program. It includes air sealing and insulation and all sorts of stuff. So we sent out a piece of, of marketing and the response we got back to the marketing was a handwritten letter from a woman in pencil who said, I'm interested to hear more about this. I don't have a telephone, but I'm very interested in having somebody look at my equipment, look at my stuff. And I'm very interested in this. So please, you know, send somebody to my house to which uh, a woman that worked in our office sent her back a letter and said, well, what dates are good for you? And they went back and forth with like three or four letters and this was, this was, this was, I mean, it was interesting because I, I think there was a level of like, let's just see where this goes. So she sends back the letter. They agree on a time. And of course, at the time I was doing HVAC sales. So I was the lucky individual to get a chance to meet said individual. So the house was in an area 
I roll up. There's very little parking. I found a spot. I knock on the door and I should have known from the very moment that the door opened, that door opened and I saw this person, this woman, I'm talking like you could just see it in her eyes that there was like the lights were on, but there was a whole lot happening that wasn't happening that might've been happening or it was happening and it wasn't happening all at the same time. And so I'm like, hi. And so she quickly greets me and she's like, come, come in. Are, are you here? Are you here for the appointment? Are you you're here for the appointment? Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, let me just, uh, if I could just come, come on in. And, and I'm like, um, okay. So she, let me just describe. She had like greasy, grizzly, curly hair. She's probably about five foot, maybe one. And she was like, the house was kind of sterile. There was, it wasn't dirty. It, it, it was old. Maybe I walk in house is about 120 years old or so, but it wasn't, again, it was orderly. I'm as I'm looking around this house, I start to see these like trinkets and these things. And then, you know, so she takes me to go into the, the, through the dining room into the, where the basement goes. And as I'm walking through the dining room, I can't help but to notice in the side of my eye that there is like, you know how there's those school fairs, the school book fairs, and they have those things that open up and there's all the kids books inside there. She had one of these in her dining room. And I also noticed, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but I noticed something in the chairs of the dining room, but I didn't know what they were. And so I go downstairs and as I'm walking downstairs, I can just tell, I mean, I'm there, this is 20 minutes, but maybe if that, I can tell something is wrong. Like I'm in danger. I walk downstairs and I noticed that there is this, uh, it was a boiler system. I noticed that there was this, this weird hole, like a, with a, with a cover on it, like a, like a metal or plywood cover over this like hole in the ground right in front of the boiler. I'm looking at her and I'm trying to gauge. Okay. So I have, I always carried my, um, my, my like pocket knife, uh, Leatherman kind of deal next to you know on me. So I'm starting to like, you know, know where it is like, okay, something's weird here. I look in the basement. I look across the entire length of the basement and along the wall, there is a shelf and it is like, um, the entire shelf is, has mason jars, empty mason jars lined up along the entire basement, like the entire thing. And I saw, I'm just like, uh, Hey, um, you know, I like to diffuse the situation. I'm like, Hey, Oh, I noticed you have all these mason jars. Um, what, what's, uh, what, what, what's the, what's the mason jars? What are the mason jars all about? You know, I'm just curious about the mason jars, you know, cause I, I'm curious. And she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when the babies are born, um, the babies, when the babies are born, uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going we're to do all sorts of things. We're going to do activities. We're going to do activities. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to plant things. We're going to put things in the, in the Mason jars and we're going to have the Mason jars and the Mason jars. And I was like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So she ends up, uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, red alert here, but I, I'm like, eh, I'm bigger than her. I don't see a weapon. I'm like, okay, let's, we'll, we'll keep going on here. So we go back upstairs and we sit down and I start to, you know, ask her just some basic things that you would do. But before I did that, I was walking back through the dining room to see what I had missed. I thought I saw something. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I look over and in the, the, the chairs of the dining room are two car seats, baby car seats in the dining room. And they both have stuffed animals, stuffed teddy bears in them, like just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, now I look over and I see a, a baby on board, like thing that you'd see from like 1990, like no joke, like those suction cup ones that were back on the cars back in the nineties and stuff like that. 
So I'm like, okay, clearly trauma, something happened. I don't know, whatever it is. Or this lady has completely fantasized about this whole thing. I have no idea. Um, she's not making any sense. I started to talk to her and she starts telling me a story about her, her name. She had to get rid of her phone because the neighbor, it was the neighbor, the neighbor. And, and, and she kept going on and on about a neighbor. And so um, she's asking me about this program and, and she's asking about if she can get two programs, one for each baby. And she's clearly not pregnant, clearly not pregnant. And, um, and so I start to see that she's like, she's, she's visibly getting like, okay, I'm now like red alert, like whoop, whoop, like danger. Like, so now I'm like, Oh yes. Oh, we'll figure all this out. We'll get you all the things. And, um, for sure. I'm looking at her book collection. She's got this just weird books everywhere. It was just like the strangest thing. So I noticed that there's steps upstairs. I wasn't sure if I heard something up the steps. I'm like, am I alone here? Like, this is really odd. And it's dark, like really dark up these like colonial style steps. It was just so odd. So she's going on and on and on. I just like, okay, I got to find my exit. <laughs> How, how do I find my exit? And I smile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll, you know, we'll go ahead. Well, yeah, we're going to, we're, I'm going to take a look. We're going to work it all up for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, she's kind of backing up to the door, like not quite letting me out. And I'm like, Hey, I just got to go and work all this up. And then she's like, kind of like, you know, and then I smile and maybe I'll be charming and she'll let me out of the house. And finally I got out of the house. So what I would say is, um, Lauren, if you watch this, um, thank you for that. That was, that was awfully nice of you to write those letters. So, um, hope you enjoyed that story. Thought that was one of my, one of my cooler sales tales without further ado, I have here today, a, uh, woman who probably needs no introduction. Many of you know her, uh, her name is Esty. She works for certain path Esty. Come on. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, Esty. Doing really good. Really good. I hope you enjoyed that that story. I I did, and I've um, I've run into a few of my own unique customers in the past. So <laughs> I, I felt like I was right there with you experiencing it. <laughs> well, that's good. Hopefully my storytelling is okay. And yes. uh and then spot on. <laughs> <laughs> so Esty, tell us about yourself before you go into all of the adventures I, I i could go on but go ahead let's hear it well i've been in hvac as an industry for about 16 years now and i, I got into the trades on accident i guess i like to say um I was with a temp agency out in Southern California and they placed me at a heating and air conditioning company and they brought me in, you know, help with paperwork, kind of a, an assistant. And they quickly realized that, um, paperwork isn't really my strong suit, but talking to people is kind of my thing. So I like to say they found me the right seat on the bus and put me in sales lead coordinating and whatnot, and just kind of worked my way through, eventually made it out into the field as a salesperson. And um, that's where some of my funny tales kind of begin. So mm. out in Palm Springs, uh, have you ever been to Palm Springs before? A long time ago. Okay. So it's, it's beautiful. It's hot. So air conditioning season runs from, I don't know, now, February till about November. So lots and lots of sales calls to run and it's, it's, it's hot. So, I mean, I thought, you know, coming to Texas, everyone says, oh, Texas is so hot. It's crazy. You know, how do people live there? Our summers were about 115 degrees average. Yeah. So, the desert. That's, mm -hmm. it's hot. Yeah. yeah. So running around a lot, you know, I got to really deal with a lot of people. Our season was not a very short season. Um, I'm going to preface this. A lot of my stories involve nudity, and I hope that's okay. <laughs> hey, listen, there's four rules, and one of the rules is if you're offended, it's it's you're the problem. So it's uh, okay. yeah. So one of my favorite ones that I, I love to tell 
not only did it like stroke my ego because it turned into a really good day for me, but it taught me a very good life lesson living in Palm Springs. And so I'm going to start with the lesson and I'll work my way back into the story. And the lesson is this. If the wall is taller than 10 feet around the community, something strange is going on inside the community. So I'll start with that. Okay. So I'm, I'm a newer comfort advisor. I'm probably, oh gosh, this was a while ago. So maybe late 20s, very early 30s. So younger. And so for those that don't necessarily, comfort advisor is, is another, is a fancy name for HVAC sales rep. Go ahead. Right. I mean, we take the word sales out of it. So it's all about everything else but money, right? Right. And so I, I, I get to this community and I pull up first time being out in this neighborhood in Palm Springs. And it's a very, very tall wall, gated community. It's a wealthy and, area, Palm Springs. Yes, absolutely. It's a lot of... Um, retirees, second homeowners, vacation properties, all of the like. And so I get there and I get buzzed in. And as soon as I go in, it's kind of a long entrance. And I'm like, this is pretty grand, you know, you come through, it's all pretty and lush. And then there's a guest parking spot right at the beginning of the community. So I park my car and I start walking and I'm walking past the tennis courts. And if you've ever seen a cartoon double take. I'm pretty sure that was me um, because I realized the people playing tennis were naked and the people hanging out kind of over to the other side um, in the lawn area were naked and the people Mm. by the pool were naked. So I realized I found myself in a nudist colony. Right. But it was regular houses. It was a regular neighborhood, right? It's, it's a condo community. So a whole bunch of condos, um, This is an area where I I was familiar with the fact that there were nudist colonies, but this was kind of a back entrance that my GPS took me to. So I, I guess I didn't realize that's exactly where I was. And so as I'm walking up to the house, all I keep thinking is look straight ahead, look straight ahead, but it's kind of like a car wreck and you you have to look right. I I got, I got, I got news for you, SD. I don't think they care. Oh no, I'm I'm sure they love it, but they're playing yeah. tenants. Look away. Look look all With you no want. Book. Yeah. And it's never that, the Think about the logistics like, of that. Think about the logistics oh. of that for a second. You're playing a competitive sport and you're naked. With balls flying at you at high rates, <laughs> well, not super high rates of speed because the average age is probably 60 at least. So, just imagine the things that move around as they're playing. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit captivated and I just keep telling myself, please let my homeowners that I'm working with have clothes on. Please let them have clothes on. And so I knock at the door and two people answer the door with clothes on. I'm like, oh, score. Okay. This will be easier for me. And then they tell me, hey, the units are up on the rooftop. Um, it's all packaged units up there. You're going to have to go through this service entrance and when you're done taking a look, come back down and here's our unit number. I was like, great. So far normal, except for the, you know, auxiliary people around me. I go up on the rooftop. I come back down. I'm ready to sit down with the homeowners after I do my inspection and I knock on the door and they open the door and now they're naked. So they weren't naked when you got there, you got there to, you know, you were going to talk to them about an air conditioning system. You go to look at the air conditioning system, you come back down and now they're naked. So now red flags right because they were like oh sure and i have to be professional and give a full-blown air conditioning sales presentation to a woman full-blown sitting right in front of me maybe as as far as my computer screen is from me naked And, and how and how old was this couple you're saying 60 something they were probably maybe their fifties, but she had had some work done, and I got to tell you, she looked pretty darn good. So, yeah, but, so, but, but so let's just. I want to. I want to dive into this for a second here. So, sure. the thing is, is that they were clothed when you got there as a stranger. You, you're, you're a stranger. Mm-hmm. You, they were clothed, yeah. clothed, and yeah. now they decided when after you got there that mm-hmm. they were going to be unrobed, derobed, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, and 
you know, young, naive me is telling myself, oh, they're in the comfort of their own home now. So, of course, they got comfortable. Yeah, but you didn't think to yourself, like, okay, they're naked for a, like, they decided to get naked. Like, <laughs> it was a conscious decision. Like, you didn't think to yourself, like, hmm, uh, they decided to get naked while I was here. That didn't cross your mind while you were there? Of course it did. <laughs> but okay. what do you do? You know, it's it's like the weird part was that they were clothed. So well, I can't you, say, pardon me, um, can you put your clothes back on? I feel like uh, they should like, well, let me, honey, we're in a nudist colony. <laughs> well, Esty, come on. You were like a crown winning uh, sales champ. You know, you got to do what your customer wants, right? So at that point in time, I think maybe as a sales rep, who knows? Maybe I would have just derobed also. Hey, let's just join in the party. Might have helped me sell the job. I don't know. Who knows? You don't know. I told you there's a really good part at the end of this where I come out of this a winner. So okay. um, I put my professional face on, right? I'm like, all right, I've got to present to boobs without looking at them. Right. And so I go through, I'm doing this as best as I can. And I'm talking to them and I'm like, you know what? We're going to have to hire this really expensive crane to come lift it. I've got to shut down like a major street here. That's the expensive part here. Do any of your neighbors know if they want to replace their systems too and share the cost of the crane? They're like, cool. So they call all the naked friends over and now we're having a naked party. I'm not, but they are. And I ended up selling three different air conditioning systems to the oh, naked people. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So sticking great... it out paid off. So there's a lesson in there too, because obviously, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a sales rep, I mean, you got a referral immediately, like right there while you were, too. while you were in the nudist colony. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, let me, just cause I'm, I'm curious. Cause I, I also had Jen on here and she's, uh, you know, a HVC technician. She owns her own business. And I'm, I'm curious because obviously now, now I've known, um, quite a few, um, I guess there's a softening. It's not quite as hard of a challenge to overcome or a dichotomy to overcome when you're a woman in, in like an HVAC sales role or any sales role for that matter, that is in like a male led industry. Or do you feel like you always kind of had to overcome the fact that, you know, you're, you're like, people would be like, Oh, where's, where's my HVAC guy? Like, yeah. So in the beginning, I really thought that I would have to overcome that a lot. And so I, I overcompensated in the beginning, got a little too technical, uh, attempted to show them I'm the expert by kind of word vomiting on them in, in tech terms. And then realized, oh, most of these people don't care. In fact, they're pleasantly surprised that a, a, a sales guy isn't here and they've opened up to me probably more so than they would have with a guy. I was only thrown out of one house because I was a female and it was by another woman, which was even weirder. So mm. she's like, this is not what young ladies do. And she made me leave. So <laughs> like, okay, great. But so Mike, Michael Disney says, well, that's awesome. Naked party with invoices. Yes. Right. Like you get an invoice, you get an invoice kind of party. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, but no, man. I think I think in this industry, in, in HVAC for women, number one, they don't expect us to come there. So I don't think there's creepos waiting for women. And I, I'd never worried. And like you, I carried something on me, a knife to get into attic accesses as needed. And we connect with people. I, I know I'm generalizing now, but I think it's a really cool industry for females to be in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So, um so, so then, then t tell me then, um, you were in the desert and then, I mean, you're obviously you're in Dallas now. So how about this? Can you, can you tell me, have you run sales calls in both States? I have not. No, my whole oh, okay. in the field career was all in California. Hmm. Oh, so you get all the, the totally normal people in California. Oh, of course. I mean, most people go to sales meetings, totally naked. And I told you, I have several naked stories. I don't know why, but they all kind of revolve around nudity. It's weird. Palm Springs is a fun place to grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else, what else has happened in your, in your travels? What's, what's some of your uh, more memorable moments? Uh, well, for me, 
kind of breaking through in this industry, starting to make a name for myself as, as you know, a female expert felt really good. And I think the biggest moment was before I became a coach with Certain Path and a trainer with Certain Path, I was on the membership side with the company that I worked for in California. And so I, like all the other people, competed against the rest of the country in Canada and seeing my name up on that screen in the company of some of the best top salesmen in the world really made me feel good. Um, the year that I kind of broke the barrier was when I became the first female to do over 2 million with certain path. And I think I ended up in the top five in the nation that year. And mm. so to be standing up there with all these guys saying, we women can do this too. And mm. seeing now more females come into the industry and come through um, my sales training classes, it's, it's just so gratifying to, to know that it's, it's opened up and it's, I don't think it's the male dominated industry that it used to be anymore, or I'm hoping that it's transitioning to where people don't see it that way. Yeah. I, you know, the, the reality is it is, but it doesn't mean that it can't, it can't change. Right. I mean, and it is changing. I mean, women in HVAC, what you're doing, what so many others are doing in the industry and the names go on and on. So yes, it's changing, but you know, unfortunately it's just, it's just one of those things. So people have to get past that dichotomy. But as we move into the future, I mean, I've been seeing, I mean, look, I've been doing this now for what, like seven, eight weeks or whatever it is. The response has been like unreal. I mean, I go to my pages now and I'm like, I get like, it's, 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 it's really, really cool. Um, I'm really blessed and I'm noticing more and more and more like, uh, you know, females in the trades and it's great. It's great for the industry. It's great to tell my daughter, like, Hey, if you want to grow up and fix stuff, you can grow up and fix stuff. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to grow up and sell stuff, you can grow up and sell it. You want to do whatever you want to do. You can do right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So I'm waiting for you to bring up the fact that the reason why I know you is because we're in a very random, um, sports fan group together. Mm. You knew I was going to do it, right? You knew I had yeah. to bring it up. Yeah. It is it, I mean, is it, so, is it so sad? that we can share this pain together. That makes me happy that I'm not the only one dying inside every year because our team can't get it together. But at least I know you're out here also dying with me. And so that makes me feel better. <laughs> four, four plays. And our four plays, <laughs> four plays. Yeah. 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 You know what I say though? And I say this because I walk around my office with a jet, you know, Yeti cup all the time. And I say, I'm like, do you know how you know that I'm a loyal person? The jets are quite literally, if you look at like the most losingest franchises in the history of football, they are literally one of the worst winning percentage teams in the history of football yeah. and staying by them. Every, every year. I mean, every, it, it's crazy uh, to watch the debacle and it's gotta be like ownership, leadership. It has to be something baked into the organization because you see high quality organizations function all the time. And, you know, like consistently, like there's, there's these organizations that are always winning, right? Like the Yankees. I'm a huge Yankee fan. Thank God. And they're just <laughs> always winning. They just do whatever it takes to win. And so I think that there's, there's something baked into the culture. I also think, and this is a crazy little thing theory here, but there's a theory about, you know, Joan Ameth basically sold his soul to the devil. And uh, oh, we've all heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and it must be true. I heard this conspiracy theory that the owner of the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three heard this theory actually bet to the for the jets to win the super bowl because there was so much money and uh influence invested in making the league merger between the afl and the nfl mm -hmm. that at the time that they they that they had to have the jets win in order for the afl merger so so they even want to take that away from us they can have it we weren't even born we weren't even a, a speck in our parents eye we need one in our generation something to to look forward to and 
Everyone kept saying last that this season was our season. I'm like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I, I didn't see it with them to begin with. You know, speaking of that, have you ever, have you, what, what's like the nuttiest like sports nut call you've ever run then? I'd be curious to see. I mean, if you came into my house, you'll see some Jets stuff on the wall. You'll see some Yankee stuff. I got a Jets helmet back here. But yeah. I'm just curious. You ever, you ever go into a house where it's just like a fanatic, like crazy person? Not so much fanatically crazy where they had stuff out, but when they found out that I was a Jets fan, uh, they, they got cried. They got mad. Why? M- mad. This was a Patriots fan. Oh God. <laughs> and they were, they were like completely shut down. Didn't want to really talk to me anymore. And this is why when I train in sales classes, they're like, well, we could talk about sports. I'm like, Oh, you gotta be so careful with that because you will get the people that are like, no, I already hate you. I don't yeah. know you, but I hate you. So what do yeah. You do? Like sports and also religion. It's interesting too. Here's what's really interesting. I was actually on a sales call with a guy who is from Israel. He is Israeli. Okay. He is openly Jewish. He's cool. He's like, whatever. He's like very, like very thick accent. He's like, yeah, I'm from Israel, whatever. He's a great guy. I, I love this guy. Okay. And he went into a sales call and the woman was also Jewish and she, okay. Like the whole deal. Well, here's the thing. At the end of the sales call, she pointed out that even though he was trying to like have rapport with her by, by talking about like certain things, like she was open. I mean, she had stuff all over the house, you know, she, she said that, you know, she was like, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have done that, you know, because everything was going on. It just happened in the, uh, you know, everything that happened out in Israel. So it's pretty crazy, but it is crazy because you have to like pick and choose your battles. The, the, the the sales aspect is such an, it's such an, a a psychological warfare. You just don't even know what you can and cannot say. You have to like kind of poke and prod, see where you can go, stay as neutral as you can, but you also need to bond and rapport. So how do you bond and rapport if you don't have common ground and commonality? And anyway. No, totally get it. And I always say, you know, religion, politics, sports, and sometimes, especially during political season, which we're in again, you know, well, when is it not really, but people like to talk about it. And I like, I teach people, get really good at nodding. Mm, mm -hmm, That's a great point kind of stuff. So you stay vague enough to where they still feel like they're connecting with you and they'll go on and on, but you don't have to give an opinion because while everyone has an opinion, some people may not appreciate yours, especially your clients. I I appreciate, I appreciate what you're saying. I totally, I get it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that. That's yeah. I I completely see it from your perspective. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. See, good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I've run a, you know, I've run a call or two. <laughs> so let me, let's, I just want to, I'm curious, how, how did the, how did the progression happen from like, I mean, you, you just kind of like natural progression, your company belonged to SGI at the time and you just like whoop, kind of swooped right in and. No. So I was at uh, the first company and um, had, been looking into going to work for Goodman, Amana, and Dykin. And I had been very open with my boss at the time. And he was like, yeah, I see that's a great step in your career and I'll help you. And he actually talked to them on my behalf and was like, she's great. And everything was going to happen. And then it kind of fell apart after they had already told my boss that they were hiring me. And so I got replaced and anyways, turned into a big, long thing. So I went to another heating and air conditioning company for a while and then went to Goodman, Amanda and Daikin for a while. And then um, as a Goodman territory sales manager, you know, you, your job is to schmooze with, with clients and, and keep the relationship healthy sales. And my old boss um, who I had worked with at the first company, he ended up buying the company from the previous owner And so now here's my friend that I was a manager with, and now he's the owner. And we're out to um, dinner to have, um, you know, a client conversation. And by dinner, I mean at the bar with lots of drinks, that kind of dinner. And we're getting philosophical and talking. And where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, this is a friend of mine. We've come up in the industry together. And 
I was like, you know, if I could do anything, I really just want to teach and, and train. And he's like, oh, well, why don't I call SGI, which is Certain Path now, and, and talk to them because I do part-time facilitating with them. I'm like, oh, great. So my old boss made the connection for me to come over mm. to Certain Path where I've been for six years now. Yeah. And the, for those that don't know, explain what Certain Path, I know this isn't a business podcast, but I'd like to, you know, some color. What does Certain Path do? Yeah. So um, our goal is to help uh, contractors in the roofing, electrical, plumbing, and HVAC trades uh, learn best practices. We give them service and selling tools. We offer software. And as part of their membership, they get to work with a coach. So I, I'm a coach for the HVAC plumbing and electrical trades. And I teach the HVAC uh, comfort advisor and selling technician classes and then the service technician classes as well. Let me ask you this, because you've worked with so many people, um, what, what's like the coolest story you've heard from, like, you don't have to get specific. I know you can't say names. You have like, there's a few, there's hundreds of, 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 of clients at, at certain path. What's the coolest story you've heard? I'd love to hear this because you've worked with hundreds of companies. So this one was kind of a fun one and it just happened, which is a beautiful thing. So it's fresh in my mind. Um, I was just teaching a class a couple of weeks ago and uh, it's a service essentials class. So I have a room full of, of technicians, all the mixed trades. And we're talking about how do you go above and beyond for your customers? What are some of those things that you can do? And the normal answers come up, you know, Hey, I, I change a light bulb in the attic. If I'm going up there, Hey, I clean the spider webs off the windowsill, you know, the stuff like that. One guy goes, well, I, I have one, but it's kind of a weird one. Do you mind if I share? I'm like, sure, go ahead and share. And so this is out in, in rural Texas, probably, you know, a couple hours from here. And he said, I, I show up to this house and this woman is, is, you know, sitting outside with me and we're talking and, she had told me, you know, she didn't want the dogs to get out, uh, but her kid opened the door. The dog comes running out. The dog goes and attacks one of the goats or something on the property. And now she's running around screaming, freaking out, and the goat is dying. And I guess her son went inside the house to go get a gun to shoot the goat to put it out of its misery. And then the gun, the, the son had PTSD and started shaking and dropped the gun and the mom is screaming and the son is, is on the floor. So the technician picked up the gun and shot the goat. Wow. Really above and beyond. Wow. So I, I that, he won. That, and that probably happened over, that probably happened over the course of like, like three minutes. Yeah. Screaming, crying, goats dying, and then he went to go do a service call. Wow. <laughs> you know, one of my guys got attacked by, so he, these people were extravagantly strange. They were wearing like, I think, Elvis costumes in the house. And then they agreed to do the job, but they said that he couldn't do the job unless they like sang karaoke together. And then like, and he's a Marine veteran. He's like, all right, whatever. So then he goes out and, you know, they had a pit bull or two pit bulls, two vicious dogs that were like locked up. So they let him out. He goes to his truck. Well, the, the, they were, they were outside. He, they, the homeowner had forgotten that they were in the, in the, in the fenced area of the yard. He climbs up onto his car. He gets, he gets, I mean, mauled. He gets mauled by these dogs and he's kicking them off and he's trying to kick them off and he's getting bit all over. I mean, he had to go to the hospital. Like it was a big deal. He said these neighbors came by and the neighbor came by with like a bucket and like a mop. And they were like, like these old, old, like, don't worry, we got it. We're going to get him off of you. Don't worry. We got it. Like he was like, what the heck's going on? Yelling, yelling, screaming. He's trying to call the homeowner to come outside. They don't hear the call. He's getting mauled by these dogs. He's got, you know, Hillbilly Jim over here coming out with a bucket and, and mops trying to push the dog away. It was an absolute disaster. And that he actually had to go on like, like short-term disability. Like he was like mauled. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. There you go. See, it's not safe in our field. SD people no. don't realize that no, it's not I, safe. 
I took some wasp stings to the back and chest to be able to make a sale. At one point, a black widow went down my shirt sleeve and bit me. And I, it's the second time I've been a black widow. I don't know why I'm not Spider-Man yet, but I'm not. And what? Yeah. In an attic space. I, cause I had been bitten before and I know what it felt like. And as soon as it happened, I was like, and so I'm, you know, I'm shaking my shirt out, but I'm in an attic standing, straddling over trusses. So there's not much you can do unless you want to fall through the ceiling. So I get out of the house and get into my truck, strip my shirt off, shaking it out, looking for this thing, can't find it. But now my arm is starting to radiate heat and I can feel it. And so by that evening, I was in the emergency with my second Black Widow spider bite. Well, t- tell me about that. I never, I yeah, never even fun. met anybody. I've only heard about it in like movies and stuff, TV and National Geographic, and like everybody ends up like you know with these, like almost I, I dying. And I asked the doctor the same thing. I'm like, why am I not dead? They're like, well, for babies or or animals, it would do more because they're tiny and you're not. So you're just gonna get sick and feel bad. I was like, great. So what is? Can you just? What does it feel like? What, what, I mean, I'm curious. It, it feels like getting stung by a bee. So you feel the initial prick and then it just kind of radiates. And then for me, it got bad and like, I I couldn't touch my arm. It was really sore. And then I felt like I had the flu. Oh, wow. Is it, is it a neurotoxin? Does it affect you? Like your thinking? Mm -mm. No, no, it just hurts like a, like a bitch. So (laughs) Wow. And that's the second time where it was both of them in, 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 in the, in the field. No, one was in bed and that's even worse because I wouldn't sleep in my room for like a month after that. Wow. Yeah. That's nutty. Yeah. And the, and the wasps, I walked into a bush to get to a condenser that was hidden with overgrowth and went went right into the nest and they all flew down my shirt and Mrs. Homeowner came running out because I screamed and she ripped off my shirt for me and ran in the house and grabbed wet towels and ice packs and was like packing me down and they bought a system. Oh, yeah. The things I can't, we have to I mean, do to sell. I mean, that was I a pity sale, but I will take it. It's, it hurt. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. I, can, I don't even know how many things I've been bit by, like uh, insects. I've been bit by in people's and like, and like yards going out to the side, you know, like. Yeah. on your hand i i just ignore them now I'm, like, oh, I'm stung by a bee great you know because here's where do they like to hang out right by the air conditioner right yeah oh, exactly where, where oh i'm a, and it's not those right it's not like a cool like cute bumblebee it's always like it's always like the 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 yellow jacket bees that mm-hmm. actually serve no purpose at all like none there's no i don't care you know everybody can hate me like there's no purpose those things just come up and they hit you Oh my gosh. Yep. I was mowing my lawn months and one got me right in the back of the, the knee. And I, I, I literally threw my back out. I went, Whoa. I mean, if people were watching it, they'd have been like a cartoon. Yeah. Okay, so my, husband's just, gonna, my husband's going to hate that. I'm going to uh, to tell this story because, um, so he was out doing the yard and a, a wasp came out of an, a hidden little nest area. And, and so and, I was in this house, which is your house now. and i was in oh i was in your house okay anyways the thing um chased him for a few feet and he ran and hit the sidewalk crooked and he broke his foot being chased by a wasp and i'm such a loving wife that when he needed crutches i i got him crutches and then i ordered crutch covers with wasps all over them to remind him wow (laughs) wow that's funny actually that's really funny that's actually like a good yeah so, yeah. oh, so that being the case, what, okay. So have you ever heard of like, and I, I'm d- nothing crazy. Like I'm just talking like lighthearted, like somebody like absolutely getting like just creamed in a house, like something happened. They fell down somewhere, fell through somewhere. Have you heard of anything where? Well, I've, I've had some of my technicians fall through a ceiling before, but I once had this bless his heart, 80, 90 year old homeowner. And he's like, oh, honey, I'm going to help you. And I'm like, 
I appreciate it, but he'll, he'll break or die or something trying to help me. And I went to go grab my ladder from the truck and I'm walking back in the house and there's a ladder from probably 1776 when the country was founded set up for me to, to climb. And I was like, Ooh, um, I really appreciate the sentiment, but I, I'm not allowed to use your, your tools. So I'm going to put mine here. Any other ladder, I probably would have climbed right up, but I was going to die if I, I climbed that ladder. And so I set up my ladder and I climb up there. And then all of a sudden I disappear to go look at some duck work and I hear, hello, this 90 year old man climbed up in the attic with me in the middle of the summer to come do work with me to make sure that I was okay. Again, bless his heart. And I know that's a bad thing to say in Texas, but I'm not originally from here. And so I'll use it wrong. And all I wanted to do was run back to him and like carry him down the stairs so he wouldn't die having now climbed my ladder. And so now I would probably be liable for this poor older gentleman. So, yeah. Oh, that happened to my buddy, Russ. My buddy, Russ, was in an, uh, he was in an attic, had an older guy, and he went up in the attic and he told the guy, he's like, I got it, don't worry about it. And the old guy's like, no, I, I want to check it out. I want to... And so he's like, no, it's, it's okay. I, I'll be, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And he's like, Oh no, no, let me check it out with you. So go up the steps, walk up the ladder and my buddy's inspecting and wouldn't, you know, he fell through his own ceiling. <gasps> of course he did. Yeah. So yeah. he's hanging there he right through hanging there on the attic, you know, and then like, my, you know, so they had to, my buddy like help pull him out and, uh, uh, oh man yeah I, mean, I had a scare once with a customer uh that insisted on going up on a rooftop unit with me on his lat on his um flat roof so i felt a little comfortable with that like okay there's not a lot you can get into trouble with up here so um i was like i'll hold the ladder for you um which was probably really dumb on my part because he's wearing a kilt mm. And, um, so he climbs up the ladder and there's nothing under his kilt. And oh my gosh. so he goes first, very, very nice gentleman. I'm, I was not his type. I was not his gender type. So he was not interested <laughs> in me at all, but we climb up onto the rooftop. And so I have a nice vantage point of all the houses next to me. And the next door neighbor is out hanging up his giant white underwear on his clothesline. Giant. Naked. I told you there's a lot of nudity in my stories. So there's this big fat man next door that's naked hanging up his giant tidy whities And I've got dude with the kilt here with no panties on either. I'm like, what freaking Twilight Zone kind of job do I live in where this is the norm? I'm not even surprised by it anymore. It's another day in air conditioning sales. I mean, who says that? It's crazy. Mm. <laughs> I'm curious what the decision-making process there was to wear a kilt, like when somebody's coming over to inspect their air conditioning system. Like, I just... You know, um, I... I, I I love when people do their own thing and are, are who they are. And he was just a kilt loving neon green haired, happy, jolly person. So hmm. <laughs> I've asked this to everybody and I'd be curious. One of the things I, I bring up is that, you know, we, for, at least for me, for, I think for most of us, um, you know, the people that we meet, in our travels, you know, the average person doesn't spend a whole lot of time in other people's houses. They just don't. Right. I mean, you know, and you and I've spent thousands and thousands of houses and, and a lot of these people are meeting people, meeting their kids, meeting their, their grandparents or their uncles or nephews or just friends that come over. There's experiences. I mean, I, I've loved finding out so much about just different people. Like it, 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 it makes me tick. I, I love it. And so for me, this position, this world that, you know, um, I've embraced for so long has really shaped me. And I'd be curious if you have a shaping moment, a shaping customer, a shaping person, individual that has, you know. Yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite calls that I ran was uh, a gentleman that 
was a retired professor. And when I got to his house, he said, hey, you know, you're the third person out here to work with. And so I kind of know what I'm looking for, which, you know, in, in our world is like, great. What do I have to unteach him that he's learned so far and, and, and teach him about the right way to, you know, that this should be done. And so I'm going through my process and he stops me in my tracks and he goes, you're a very intelligent person. And I was like, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. He goes, well, no, I, I'm, I'm being serious here and I can tell you're very intelligent. And he went into something about my speech pattern and the, the thought process that I, he could see me using when I was formulating whatever he thought I was formulating. And he's like, do you mind if I do an IQ test on you? Hmm. I was like, okay. So he's like, let's go sit outside. It was a beautiful day. And so we're sitting outside under a big tree and we're just talking about, you know, life experiences. And uh, he was telling me about his days as a professor and some of the things and ways he's been able to influence students. And it's at least an hour sitting outside under this tree talking with him. And then, so he gave me his version of an IQ test. And at the end of it, he goes, how do you think you did? I go, well, I'm not sure you're the professional, you know, what do you think my IQ score is? He goes, I'm more interested in how you perceive yourself mm. than mm. what I'm going to tell you about you. And so mm. I had to answer this question of how do I perceive myself? And I was like, I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent person and I feel like I can make some bad decisions, but that's human nature. And I don't feel like it's because I lack intelligence that I do that. It's, you know, emotional reactions to things. And he goes, that's a very intelligent answer. And so he went into, you know, kind of talking about what intelligence means and how we exhibit it and the difference between emotional intelligence and, and actual IQ intelligence and it still just stands out to me as probably one of my favorite calls I've ever been on because what an interesting way to spend an afternoon. And this turned into like a four hour call. So what, so what was your IQ? <laughs> just I don't remember. I was more focused on how do I impress him and make him think that I'm smart, you know? So, he, so oh, okay. So, so he, he, he ended up, he ended up really wanting to know what you, how you perceive yourself. Right. So that's interesting to me because then I, my take would be to go through life and ask myself, how do others perceive me? How am I perceived? And maybe walk down the road of maybe it'd be interest. I don't know, perception in general, you know? Yeah. And imagine thinking about that is the way I perceive myself the same way that others perceive me? And if not, what's the disconnect? You know, am I putting something out there that I'm not recognizing as a part of me that either I don't want to show or isn't the true side of me? So, I mean, what a deep conversation that can get into and what a weird way to stumble upon a conversation like that, you know, with a total stranger that I was just trying to sell air conditioning to. Is there a level that says maybe you shouldn't care so much about what people perceive about you? Oh, of course. And I think for those people that truly don't allow others to dictate how they feel about themselves, that's a gift. And I feel like most of us strive to get to a point where that is a truth about ourselves. But for the most part, I feel like I'm constantly having to work towards that, you know, depending less and less on what others think of me and, and the feedback of others and depending more upon how I feel about myself. And mm. that, that's a long journey, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. And for me, it, it took a lot and I'm, I'm still on that path. I was just talking to my husband tonight. I said, you know what? I realized my coaching style tends to lean sometimes towards um, a, a similar way that I parent, almost like my parenting style. And I thought about that. I'm like, you know what? That's because I became a mom at a young age. I became a mom at 18. So mm. I've been a parent my entire adult life. So that's how I know how to adult. Mm. So it's weird. Like, where do we learn to become high functioning adults that don't rely on what others feel about us or think about us and don't allow that to, to completely influence our own thought process about ourselves? Does that make sense? Yeah. 
it's a lot to think about. And your role, you probably have to, it's, it's continuous because you're training people, you're coaching people and the impact that you have in their lives because you're helping them run the possession in which they pretty much cherish the most other than their family, which is their business. And I mean, A, it has to be really rewarding, but B, there's a lot of responsibility there. So I think you have to have this introspection continuously, which I think is probably what made you a pretty amazing salesperson. And then furthermore, gave you the confidence to be the business coach that you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I feel like the the meetings that I get to have with the members that I have the privilege of working with help shape me. You know, they they help me to grow into a, a better coach and a better trainer because they allow me to make my own mistakes too. I'm I'm not perfect, you know. I get to wear the title of coach, but it doesn't mean I know everything. It mostly means I'm a really good ear for you, someone who understands and has empathy and has a process to share, you know? And that's where I feel like my role is, is not so much in leading people or anything like that. It's understanding people and helping them to, to see themselves, their businesses, their employees in a different way. And doing all of that, I mean, how do you not start to look at yourself differently and and what mm -hmm. you do? I think you're, I think you're, you're the, you're, I think your, your businesses, you coach should probably hear this. <laughs> you should probably send this to them. So they listen to it. It's just neat. It's just interesting perspective. Um, and, and I, I, not that I haven't, but I haven't heard this forum is for, for, for this exact reason right? Because we spend, there, there are a ton of business building podcasts. And I've said this on almost every episode, which is like, I love it. I, I don't get me wrong, but we do it all day, every day. And sometimes I think we just need, we just need a breath and we need, and we need that introspection. Yeah. Um, Esty, let me, as we wrap up here, I want to, would like to hear from you maybe, you know, one more, one more experience you have in the, in the old, in the old noggin for, for old time's sake here. Have you ever been paid in $8,000 in $1 bills for a job before? No. <laughs> Have you ever been concerned about where the money came from because of somebody's <laughs> profession? Nope. No, I don't okay. care. <laughs> so I'm working. No, with I don't care. Is it green? Yes, it's green and it spends okay. the same way as a 20 or a hundred. It's difficult to count, but yeah, I, I was working with a male stripper and he's like, I hope you don't mind that I'm paying you in ones. He's like, this is how I get paid. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Whatever you got. Dude, green money is green money. That is so gangster because he easily could have gone to the bank and gotten you a check or he could have gotten a money order or he could have done whatever, but he was like, nah, I'm going to pay for this in singles, brah. Yeah. And they were probably oily, sparkly singles, but whatever, well, you know, they? again, they spend the same. Here's the question. So did you count it? I took it to the bank and let them count it for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I told them, I trust you. This looks like a pretty fat stack. And I walked That's out. so cool. <laughs> that's, that's funny story. Um, so I have thoroughly enjoyed this. This has been really cool. Um, I've been so blessed. The, the, everybody that's come on, this has been just, it's like therapy. It's been really good. Um, tell people how they can reach you, plug yourself, do whatever you want right now. Awesome. So I, again, and with certain path, it's all one word. So scrunch together and search us online. Uh, again, we're, best practices group. So if you, whether you're one truck or a 100 truck and you just want to grow, we work with everybody. So training, coaching, support processes in one package. And so, yeah, just look up certain path online. And it's, it's, it's plumbing, electrical, heating and air conditioning and roofing. Yeah, roofing. Right? Uh -huh. yeah. So, um, and, and, and guys, so I was a member 
Um, I was a member for some years of my previous employer and I was a member at my own company. Um, I absolutely love the organization. I was in a couple of practices groups and I gained so much from certain path, which at the time was SGI. And before that it was the airtime 500 and I have all the plaques and well, I guess I got to find them, but I, yeah, all those success, you rings you know, and stuff. The, yep. yeah, the rings and the diamonds and everything else. So yeah, it was, um, it, really cool. Love being a part of the organization. If you're not a part of the organization, I would highly suggest becoming involved in a, in a practice group. I know there's a lot of them It's very noisy space right now. Um, certain paths been doing it like a really long time. Uh, 25 really years time. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And pl- but yeah, but the Jim Abrams, it goes back even further, doesn't it? Because originally like, or, or was it 25 with Jim Abrams? 25 with Jim Abrams. Cause it was 1999. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, 99. So anyway, again, not, not, a, this is not, not a business podcast, but it was, is very helpful group and you make, you make incredible relationships. Actually, the reason why I'm in, in Dallas is actually because of, 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 of a connection I made on an SGI. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's a great group. Find Esty, hire her. She's fantastic. Esty, thank you so much for coming on. I'm just going to do a couple of announcements here. Really. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, that was fun. I loved it. Cool. All right. So, so cool. Okay. I'm wrapping it up. Um, really quickly. We have a bunch of great shows coming up. We have tattoo tales with Ian Jones. We have road tales with Rob Linus. Uh, we have, I cannot believe this, but I have Kenny Brooks who has agreed today to come on the show. And he's like a, a, a famous guy. I mean, he's like the most famous salesperson in the whole country. Like he's, he's, well, anyway, he's a comedian. This is Kenny Brooks. Kenny books, the funny salesman, um, watch his videos on YouTube. They're incredible. Uh, they're absolutely incredible. So thanks again. Um, next week, um, we'll be back on Thursday again, and, um, we're going to rock and roll. Thank you so much guys. All right.